Under the Tuscan Sun, you're in Provence. There's a whole genre of books sharing the stories and the struggles and the triumphs and the celebrations of people from Britain or the United States or Canada actually finding a a fixer-upper in a charming part of Europe and moving over there and struggling with all the hoops and getting it all done and then living happily ever after, I suppose. We're going to talk about that right now. We're joined by Tricia Brady, who's from Glasgow in Scotland, who fixed up a house in the Marquet, the region of Italy uh, on the Adriatic coastline east of Rome, and Robert Pellegrini, who inherited a house in the same part of Italy in the Marquet and is going through the hoops right now to do what Tricia already did, renovate it, fix it up, and have a beautiful spot in Italy to call home. Tricia and Robert, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Now, Tricia, tell me your story. You, you're from Scotland. You ended up getting a, a fixer-upper in the Marquet. I did. I ended up in Le Marquet. I'm not quite sure why. It's sort of the third Chianti, apparently, and uh, found a nice property, very rural. All the local farmers are moving out. They don't want to farm. So why, where are they going? They're going up to the hill up near a town. So they're going to the city for employment and they don't want to work the land anymore. Oh, they're retired and they're too okay. tired to work because the land. Because when you travel around Italy and France and different parts of Europe, you find a lot of uh, abandoned farmhouses, basically. Well, that's what makes us quite welcome there because we go in and with, we modernize the places and we make the houses look good. So, so you actually feel that there is a welcome. They see these expats that are coming in from, in your case, Britain or the United States and uh, investing in these run-down, abandoned rural farmhouses. Absolutely. And then we use all the local um, craftsmen and builders and they're happy. So now you finished your house in 2003? 2003, yeah. Tell us briefly the, the timeline of what you found and, and who you hired and how the renovation went. Um, the system works quite well with Internet nowadays. You can have a geometer who's also an estate agent, an immobiliare. So you buy the house from him. He sets up the contracts with local builders, if you wish. Okay, so you, you, this is like a foreman. You meet the geometer and he for, for 6% or something of the total cost of the project. Yes, and uh, it's like a foreman here. And then he knows the, the hoops to go through, and he negotiates with these craftspeople, and he does basically the headaches, and, and he little skims off the top. Is there an incentive for him? It's, it sounds like there's a disincentive for him not to let the price go up because he gets a, a cut of the total price. You're given the price in advance. You okay. get what's called a pre- preventivo. So you so, sit down with this geometra, or I suppose there's an equivalent in other countries, and you tell him what you want. He'll tell you what it'll cost. You make a deal, and then he's got a budget, and he goes out and makes it happen. Exactly, and he's halfway to being an architect. Oh, okay. So that's what a geometra is. Well, that's nice. Now, Robert, you're at, at the beginning of this process right now. You inherited some property in the same uh, region of Italy, Marquet. Where are you at now in your process? I inherited this from my aunt in 2005, and it being an historic property, it was used by a pope as a hunting lodge, and it's a beautiful place. I decided to go through the rigors and the process of trying to have it registered as historic property. So that makes one jump through all the hoops and barrels of having to go through the process of getting the property uh, registered. Well, it makes things more complex because you have a historic property. Yes, Tricia, was your property historic? No. So you had it easier in that regard. Absolutely. I didn't have any of those problems. Now, Tricia, you've been at this now for uh, nearly a decade, and, uh, you know, you've got all these people with their, you know, gauzy dreams about under the Tuscan sun, and uh, you're in Provence. You've lived that dream. Is it? Uh, is there a reality sort of uh, check where you realize this is more work than fun, or is it actually as good as you hoped it would be when you set out? It's better. It, it was never my dream, and it's turned into my dream. It's better. Mm. Why? Because I never really saw myself living in that sort of situation in such a beautiful house. I've always lived in apartments apart from my family home. And now I have a gorgeous house, 
totally restored. If somebody wanted to buy a, a real derelict fixer-upper on a nice piece of property in a less expensive region of Italy like the Marquet compared to Tuscany, r- ballpark, what would you spend in dollars? You can still pick up for about fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. Yeah. Without a lot of land. And then uh, invest a couple hundred thousand dollars to then, fix it up? Well, I invested a hundred thousand. And you got yourself a beautiful spot? Yeah. Wow. And you're part of the community? Very much so, yes. Speaking Italian with a Scottish accent? Speaking Italian, well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking fixing up a farmhouse in rural Italy. We're joined by Robert Pellegrini and Tricia Brady. Our phone number is 877-333-RICK. You can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Kristen's on the line in Dublin, Ohio. Kristen, thanks for your call. Thank you. Um, I, I had a question. Um, do they try to restore the farmhouses like to their original time period, or they try and modernize it, or a bit of both? And I guess you'd, I would think you'd want a modern bathroom and a modern kitchen. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, hi, I'm Trish. Um, my place is very old on the exterior, and it's all stone, limestone and sandstone, and inside we made it contemporary, and there's no restriction on inside. The only restriction is on extending the building outside. So they want to keep the exterior appearance uh, in harmony with the countryside. Yes. And I suppose, Robert, with your historic building, that's a big deal. Yes. Any type of inter- intervention that I want to do inside or out has to go through an approval process with this this agency that I'm dealing with. Inside or out? Inside or out, but especially on the outside. And, for example, if I wanted to uh, put a place a lean-to onto the building, I would have to ask them permission to do that, and they wouldn't let me do that because that would really interrupt the, the integrity of the building. Now, Robert, you inherited this property, and Tricia, you bought yours, and you're saying for fifty or sixty thousand dollars, you can buy a rundown place in the countryside of Italy. Is there any concern that you would get clear legal title? I've heard that there's a nightmare scenario where you could think you bought something, and then somebody comes out of the woodwork, and all of a sudden they claim it, and you're uh, in the Italian legal system, and you don't know what ends up. That's that's true. And the other reason it's good to have a geometer is that he will go through all of that process for you. And letters are sent, and it's all checked out. So there's title insurance, and you're you're confident you've got this property. Yes. That's, yes. That's when you sure, finally that's... make that exchange, they've contacted everyone who's anything to do with that property. Kristen, uh, do you have dreams of uh, renovating some sort of a place in Europe? Um, I'm not sure, <laughs> but it sounds captivating. <laughs> it sounds interesting, doesn't it? Thanks for your call. Okay. Ciao. 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 I've heard there's stories about European craftspeople and workers who are very proud of their work. At the same time, they've got local traditions that are quite hard to bend. I know the geometer was dealing with this, but I've got a friend who renovated a place in France, and he said every morning at 10 o'clock, the French workers would take a, a brandy break, and there's no way you'd get around that. Did you have any fun with your workers and the people who came in to fix your place up that was a sort of a cultural insight or yeah, a cultural you're right. challenge? You're right. You hear lots and lots of horror stories But I have to say, in my experience, I was very, very lucky. I had old guys that were all nearly 70, and they did the whole restoration by hand, and they were there at 10 to 8 every morning and left at 10 to 6 every night. Really? In Italy? Fabulous. In Italy. Wow. And you must have had a good foreman or geometer. Well, I was overseeing some of the process. You were? (laughs) Yes. Now, I've heard that there's almost a phrase in Europe that they'll, quote, take you for an American, meaning jack the price up. Have you encountered that? I mean, a lot of times in the United States, if somebody knows you're wealthy, they'll charge more. Do they just assume you're wealthy and money grows on the trees for you? Robert, when you're, you're into this situation and, and you're obviously an American, uh, is, that a, is that a challenge? That, that is definitely a challenge, and I think it's good to have somebody that you can have on hand as a person. In fact, I've got somebody who overruns my farm who calls himself my uomo di fiducia, 
which means my confidence man. And he is the one who's helping me uh, strike the deals with everyone that I'm working with. So he's negotiating with you, and he knows what a fair price is locally. And he's a great negotiator, and he's helped me out a great deal. And it doesn't matter if he's working for Bill Gates or Robert Pellegrini. He's going to get a fair price locally, you assume. Yes. Tricia, did you have that uh, good fortune with your geometer? I did. Um, It went very well. We were about 15% over budget at the end, which is what you really, I should think, really need to allow for. I would think 15% over budget would be a blessing (laughs) (laughs) for a lot of construction projects here or there. I'm Rick Steves. This is Travel with Rick Steves. We're talking restoring a farmhouse, in in this case in rural Italy, but it could be just about anywhere. We're joined by Robert Pellegrini and Tricia Brady. Our phone number is 877-333-RICK. You can email us at radio at ricksteves.com. Tom in San Diego emailed us, and Tom writes, I'm a longtime fan of the television show This Old House, and I've done a lot of home remodeling, but restoring a farmhouse in rural Italy seems especially daunting. What do local governments think of non-citizens coming in and doing this? Are the building codes and regulations as difficult to navigate as they often are here in the USA? Generally, what did the local government, uh, did they encourage you or did they put up roadblocks for you, Tricia, when Absolutely you did this Absolutely encouraged. No problems at all. You know, all over Europe, you've got this depopulation problem where people in the countryside are moving to the big cities. I know in France, there's even an organization called SOS that when a little village gets down to almost to the critical point where they don't have anybody to keep the shop open and the cafe open, the government will step in and actually encourage people and subsidize people to move there and keep that village alive. In Italy, they're recognizing the value of foreigners coming in in, renovating and invigorating the economy. Yes, I mean they're not; they can't look back. You know, they're, they're keeping their properties in the countryside alive instead of ruins lying around there. And you're not an invader, especially these days with the uh, unification of Europe. You've got people of all different uh, nationalities coming in and contributing to the local economy. What about property taxes? You've lived there now for five years uh, or eight years. What's the what's the property tax on a on a piece of property in the countryside of Italy that's worth a couple hundred thousand dollars? Well, it'll break your listener's heart because it's so cheap. Really? <laughs> yeah. I so mean, what, I what pay is it? Three hundred euros a year on my house. So you pay five hundred dollars a year for property tax to have a beautiful place to retire in rural Italy. Robert, do you know what the property taxes will be? In I'm here? actually a little bit lower because my my property has been considered historic, so they actually put you in a lower tax bracket. So uh, when you inherit, in your case, or buy a, a piece of land that does have some historic protection built in, it comes with more responsibilities, but it also comes with more government help. Exactly. That's the pros and the and the cons. And the pros being that they aid me in the restoration process and that they're dictating how I go about doing this to, in order to bring the building back to its original condition. But possibly a greater pro is that they are providing a great deal of financial support. It comes with time, and that's that's the con. There's a long kind of waiting period, but eventually it, there's a payoff. Just coincidentally, both of you are in the Marquet, and I think you know, Tuscany is really popular under the Tuscan sun, really brought in a lot of interest. It's a, It's been popular even before that. Consequently, uh, the demand would drive up the prices. You've got yourself in an affordable part of Italy, an underappreciated part of Italy, um, and both of you ended up in the Marquet. I want to remind people that's the area facing the Adriatic between the Apennine Mountains and the coastline there, one of 20 regions in Italy, and it's the region uh, less populated than most of Italy, basically east of Rome. Is that right, Tricia? That's absolutely right. Tell us, I know that you're a big fan of the Marquet. Uh, what's the charm of the Marquet? For me, the charm is, I guess, as a Scottish person, it's a bit like Scotland with the sunshine. It's green, it's mountainous. There are lakes, the sea is fabulous, and it's tranquil. And there's one famous tourist destination, Urbino, which is a wonderful city, 
there's probably some modern resorts along the coastline because Italians just love to be lemmings on the beach yeah. worshiping the sun. And the interior is speckled with forgotten, sleepy, medieval hamlets. People talk about other areas, hill towns. The hill towns are hundreds of them in Le Marche. Robert Pellegrini, you inherited property in the Marche. Is that a curse or a blessing, and why? I've, I would not want to live anywhere else in Italy. I feel this is an absolute blessing. My family's from the Marche, so I can relate to it. But at the same time, having grown up there and experiencing it from that perspective, I've seen the fact that it's it's an incredibly beautiful place and a very tranquil place and a very kind of original and traditional place still. And given how overrun most of Italy is, because, I mean, more tourists go to Italy from the United States, I think, than almost any other country, and they all seem to go to the, the same 10 places. Nobody goes to the Marquette. You've got real Italy without all the tourist crush. Oh, it is a dream. Trisha and Robert, let's say uh, a friend like me drops by in a few years and your house is all done and ready for guests. What sort of moment would you share with a guest coming to experience your wonderland? First of all, Robert. Well, I would be very, very appreciative to show anyone who's coming over to see my property because it's a beautiful place and I would like to take you room to room uh, throughout the house, but also up above there's a nice woods. And in the surrounding area, we have a beautiful uh, Grotti di Fersassi, which is a speleological cavern, which is one of the largest in Italy. And in that area, a number of these beautiful, minuscule hill towns that are fortified castles that are unknown. And, of course, we're in the region that's well-known for a white wine called Verdicchio. Okay, so so it sounds like you're into the, the culture as well as the history, and it kind of fits inheriting a historic property. Tricia. Let's keep it simple. We're just in your house enjoying one of that local, a glass of that local white wine. What are we going to be looking at? We'd be out on that terrace, drinking the Verdicchio, looking at the Sibyllini Mountains and seeing where we ski in the winter or look the other way and see where we swim in the summer to the <laughs> sea. Oh, it is a dream. This, this conversation has been enlightening and I must say a little inspirational. Thank you so much, Robert Pellegrini and Trisha Brady, for your thoughts on restoring a farmhouse in rural Italy. Rick Steves teaches smart travel to Italy and beyond. At ricksteves.com, you'll find an archive of interviews from his radio show, free audio tours of Italy's top sites, a monthly travel newsletter, and a world of information to help you turn your travel dreams into smooth and affordable reality. To gear up for your next Italian adventure, begin your trip at ricksteves.com. <laughs>